everyone, welcome to the Crossroads Podcast from Isle Baptist Church. I'm Travis, here with Ethan Jago to discuss and answer difficult questions that young adults face concerning the Christian life. Ethan, man, how are you doing today? Good. It's, uh... It was a interesting weekend. Uh, mm. I had a, I was at a funeral for my grandma. She passed away recently. Oh, I'm sorry and two days before we were supposed to have the funeral, tornado ripped through the Philly area. Like Yikes. an incredible tornado that just destroyed portions of the outside Philly area. And you know, down south here, everyone's prepared with chainsaws and generators. But Not so up there. I mean, the, we're, we're, they're dealing with snow. Yeah, you know. And so I get up there and all these huge trees and like my dad's church, they had chainsaws out, electric chainsaws plugged into the generator. And I'm like, Ooh. oh man, <laughs> it's like yeah. down in Florida, you know, you got the hurricane, the eye of the hurricane hit. Everyone's out there yeah. with the chainsaws like, oh, here comes the second half. And then you get back in. But and then you got dudes with like the six foot, like <laughs> the six foot chainsaw. The giant bars and like, yeah. And up there it's like, oh, I got one. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's fun. I'll have to show you pictures, but like it, it was insane. Like the devastation, like you can just see clearly where the tornado went and it was popping around. Ooh. And, you know, it's it's a shame because like, I mean, my dad, it, the tornado, he did a video where he walked outside. He's like, man, look at this. It was the remnants of Ida, right? It was the yeah. band of Ida that went up there. And he's outside he's like, man, this rain and weather's coming like big time. And then it, it, the lightning struck and then he went inside and then all of a sudden he said his ears started popping. So yeah. he ran down into the basement and he, he could hear the tornado. It was like, it sounded like a freight train. He heard the trees crashing and everything else. He came back out and he got all of it on. He didn't get the actual tornado on video, but like right before him in the basement and then after, dude, God protected him because the trees, like he, he, he lives in a spot and then there's trees in the front of a barrier and then the back. Both sides on either side of his house completely destroyed. The house itself, no issues. Some shingles ripped wow. off. And then they live right near a big high school. The whole roof was ripped off of that. I mean, just the devastation in that high school is insane, which my dad's house is, I mean, it's a stick built house. This yeah. high school is like concrete. And dude, God just protected him because it's crazy. And when I flew up there and I saw it, I mean, dude, you couldn't, like, half the roads are impenetrable because of all the trees and power lines down. So, What's like a normal drive from like point A to point B, you had to take all these back roads and highways and stuff because of the tornado. But that's crazy. Yeah. How was your weekend? Uh it was it was an interesting weekend. It was a weird three day weekend. Like That's right, because uh, we had Labor Day on Monday. I yeah, and I forgot. I forgot that it was a three day weekend and just it it kind of threw my my it's thrown my week out of whack, <laughs> is what it's done. So Well, yeah, because we lost the Monday. Yeah. And so like all the work we yeah. would usually get done on Monday fell on yesterday. And it's like, oh man. Yeah. I, th I even think uh, you uh, you messaged me yesterday about uh, the transition videos for Crossroads. And I was like, uh, oh yeah, I was going to do that on Monday. I need to get that done. So <laughs> Well, I didn't think anything of it too. When we talked about that, and I saw the due date was Monday. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah. And then I realized, oh wow, it's it's funny that you don't work on Labor Day. Yeah. I don't yeah. get that. I think Grace reminded me right at the end of Friday and I was like, oh, that's right. We're off on Monday. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, um, we the podcast today, um, we're, we're going to be starting church history curriculum uh, Sunday mornings, Crossroads 930 uh, in the Recreation Outreach Center. Uh, and so we've got a, a great curriculum here on church history. And 
Like when you think of church history, granted, you're a little more studied than most, but what do you think like in your mind, where do people go typically when you think of church history, like a person or a time or? I think probably when they think about church history, the first thing a lot of people think of, and probably because he's one of the more prominent figures in church history is Martin Luther. Yeah. I really think that's where most people go, especially people who have, have grown up in a church. Like, I think they yeah. definitely go there. Um, I actually go back to, uh, was it Nicaea, the count, the Nicene mm-hmm. Council? Yeah. I actually go back there. And I, I honestly think a lot about the Catholic Church when I think about church history, just because like they yeah. take up a large portion of it. Absolutely. So my brain kind of goes there in that direction, in that area from like, 500 AD on like in between that period, like is really kind of where my brain lives. And I would say before I actually went through seminary, that's exactly where my mind, I mean, my Mm -hmm. mind also went to Augustine yeah, uh, and also Constantine because I had heard of him. But then other than that, the last person, biblically speaking, was the apostle John, Mm -hmm. right? In the island of Patmos. And then it's like this gigantic gray black area of which it's like, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, Martin yeah. Luther and then, you know, John Wycliffe or maybe Wesley and then you're and the in big, the Puritans. The, the big question I always get when when I talk about that with people is why, like, why do you even want to study church history? Yeah. Like, who even cares? Like, you know, but I, I think it's important. Uh, I mean, that's part of what we're going to talk about today, but it, I, I do feel like it's very important to understand. I feel like it's important to understand where we've come from yeah. so that we can understand where we're going. And so, like, looking back at, like, things that were done right as the church, like, progressed and things that, like, had human error involved mm-hmm. in it, like, I think that helps us, like, as we go forward, uh, you know, lead the church in a, in a, in a direction that, that God wants. Yeah. So. And even bringing this into a very relevant cultural topic, um, as I was preparing for this podcast and for delivering uh, our first lesson on Sunday, is... I hear a lot of people talking like we're in the last days, mark of the beast, uh, look at what's happening in Afghanistan, look at what's happening across the world. These have to be the end times. But if you look back at church history, I mean, this is honestly nothing compared to what our brothers and sisters in the past have been through. And I think if you look at it from that standpoint, it helps really bring clarity and you know relevance and light to our situation be like okay there's nothing new under the sun like ecclesiastes says yeah. and like there's nothing that we're going through that previous church hasn't granted we are heading to a spot in the book of revelation in which we are getting to the end days yeah but i mean technically speaking biblically if you want to say that the end days have begun the second that jesus ascended into heaven yeah. right until his second coming so i think also when you look at church history it's great to look back and you're like, okay, wow, the, these issues that we as evangelicals are fighting today is no different than what was being fought back in 300 AD or 500 or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to, like you said, know where we've come from, looking back at our history and then also uh, looking at key people and like issues. Um, yeah. Now, what we were not going to be doing is we're not going to be memorizing dates. No. Uh, I, I love history class growing up. I, I really, like truly, I love history, but remembering dates um i just couldn't do it context so much more important than like yeah like remembering the date my wife is a, a master's in history and so she can do that she can like she can kill a date like kill a date like list <laughs> i uh i cannot i can be like oh i know it happened like around 18 yeah. circa 65 ish yeah. <laughs> you know like civil war like yeah oh, okay 18 1860s like 
I can I can kind of throw that out there. I think that's right. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> Hence why we don't memorize the dates. Exactly. Somewhere around there. But I can tell you all about the stuff leading up to it, the stuff that occurred during it and stuff after. Uh, it's just dates are, are – yeah. she can tell you like when Gettysburg happened, like the days and times and stuff. And I'm just like – I, I can't. I, I like, yeah, I can give you roundabout time frames, but and, uh, I just you, – you get bogged down with those numbers mm-hmm. uh, and – what we want to be able to walk away with is a, a better, clear understanding of how has Scripture led men uh, through history, our church fathers, to what we have currently today. Uh, so that way, it helps us out. So, um, if we as we look at church history, uh, we have we're, we're using a curriculum uh, put out by uh, Nathan Busnitz, who is from Master Seminary, uh, and this is actually a seminary class that they teach. Uh, and so, I purchased the curriculum that we're going to be going through. Uh, and it's phenomenal. It's good stuff. Awesome. And uh, it's 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 good to look at church history, and it's good to have a a good source to be getting this history from. Yeah. Um. So it's really good. Now you just had a big smile on your face. What happened? Just so you all know, the Civil War occurred from 1861 to 1865. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in good shape there. So you are verified in your in your date because yeah, as you said, I'm like I'm not sure. And then you looked at your phone like, and you had this big smile. I'm like you just verified something. I was like, you know what? Like I'm curious now. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, we're good. So let's get into this real quick. This will be a shorter podcast, but we just want to give you all reasons why church history is important. So. The big thing is, is sadly, a lot of individuals don't know where we've come from. They don't mm-hmm. know our ancestors. They don't know the issues that have been fought. They don't understand like where we have been, what we have gone through and where we are at now. Um, you know, when we look back, there is 2000 years of church history as we go back to the Apostle John until where we're at now. And as we look at this, we can come up with different reasons and different ideas about what happened and then how can I view my current situation in light of church history. Now, Church history is not to replace scripture at mm-hmm. all. This, if anything, it gives us a a deeper appreciation for scripture and what people have gone through. But at no point in time are we using church history to dictate how we view this world. It just helps us in a uh, contextualization sense understand the things around us. So the mm-hmm. first w- reason I want to go over this is studying church history. Uh, it, it helps us because a lot of us don't know anything about it. Yeah, And if I come into contact with someone who asks me about Christianity or where it's come from, and I've had conversations like this and like, oh, well, what do you know about this, this, and this? I, I sadly sit there. I'm like, I don't know much about it. So we, we want to kind of purge out the ignorance that we have as Christians. And like, let's talk about uh, in a, a specific area and topic that most people don't know. So reason that's reason number one, I think um, we, yeah. uh, we have – yeah. Um, I see, I see in the notes here, uh, you know, reason number two being because God is at work in history. So equally like history is a testimony to God's providence. Power is, is sovereign providence. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think that's a good thing to remember. Uh, <laughs> it really is his story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, everything works according to his plan and he's orchestrating all of it for his glory. Uh, we see that in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, uh, God declares Himself the Lord of History. Yeah, and I think that's that's a very important thing to note is that as you look back through history, just like you look back through the Old Testament, when you look at the Bible from a historical perspective, you know you're looking at God working through history. Yeah, and that didn't stop like with with the Gospels. Like no. that has continued. Like even as we go forward, you know. 
uh, God still continues to work even now. And so in that, like we can we can look back at the history of the church and we can see his power and his providence like as we as we go forward. Yeah. And as you said that, what comes to mind is Moses, as he's talking to the new generation of Israelites in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. about to enter into the land of Canaan, and he's telling them, look back mm-hmm. at the history of what your parents have gone through and look at how they've had to pay the price for this 40 years of wandering in the desert. And they never were able to receive mm-hmm. uh, the gift of that holy land. And now you are. So learn from our mistakes and the thing is, too, is everything is in Scripture and in history pointing to God, pointing to the culmination in the incarnation of Christ. So, And you look at that in the Old Testament. It, it comes up over and over again where biblical characters, uh, the staple marks of, of biblical Christianity, look back at history as a source of look at what God has done. Yes. Yeah. And now let's trust what God is doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's something that, that we don't emulate enough mm. now, today. No, and you're right. And a lot of times too, especially in our current situations, we we may not ever know the why behind why is God allowing me to go through this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times as you look back at church history, I mean, some of them, a lot of them were martyred. A lot of them did not have like a nice, easygoing life to which they probably, from a humanistic standpoint, were probably looking at themselves like, why on earth is this happening? Like I trust in God and this and that. We now on this side of history have the benefit of seeing what they went through, what they stood for, and then like the effects of all of that, everything mm-hmm. that they had fought for and stood for on the basis of scripture. And then now we are reaping those benefits. And that to me is encouraging to look back at that and be like, man, it's okay that I may not ever know, but all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, right? And so it is according to God's will. Uh, so I think that's interesting too. So. Yeah, I think you're right. God, it definitely helps us because God is at work in history. Absolutely, man. Very cool. And then, you know, you have like Isaiah 46, uh, 9 through 10. Remember the former things long past for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. We talked about that verse last week, actually. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think studying church history reminds us that God is on the throne. You know, God is in control. He reigns. He's perfectly accomplishing his will and his purpose. Uh, and he's preserving his people. Yeah. And he's preserving his truth in in every generation. So, And what uh, you're talking about there is we talked about last week. This is God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. Yeah. God is sovereign over every aspect of our life, over history, over events that happen within history, and to continue to maintain and sustain us, which reminds me of a verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 is, he who began a good work in you will see it until the day of completion in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So like he's going to see this fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Even even as we look at today, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of anxiety today about just everything going on in the world. There's Afghanistan, there's the pandemic, there's everything else. Yeah. Uh, there's like you said before, there's nothing new under the sun. No. You know, there are times where the church has gone through this before in history where there have been pandemics. There was a great flu pandemic of like 1956 or something like that. Uh, now, how did you pull that date out? I don't know. <laughs> you got that date. But... Uh, I don't. I don't even know if that's the right date. It just sound, it sounds right. Well, we had the Spanish um, flu and Spanish you know flu, a lot of other things. Yeah, Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. back in the '60s. Uh, you know, people thought the world was coming to an end back there. The Iran Contra affair, all that stuff. Like, yeah. Um, there have just been times throughout history, World War II, where people thought the world was coming to an end. I mean, how can you not go through World War II and think? Not think like, oh, this is revelation. Like every oh, yeah. every nation in the world is at war. Especially with, each with other. the nuclear bomb. I mean, yeah, yeah. Holy like, smokes! But knowing and being able to rest in the fact that that God is working His story out, yeah, is is something that we can find some measure of solace and peace in, which is good.
Absolutely. Yeah, so I think definitely that helps us in why we need to be studying church history. Yep. Absolutely. So what else we got? Uh, Because the Lord Jesus said he would build his church, to study church history is to watch his promise unfold, which is a a really cool way of looking like that. And it ties into what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, Matthew 16, verses 15 through 18 say that Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Mm. Uh, so the church is, is established on the gospel. Yeah. The, the truth of the gospel, who Jesus is, the son of God. Uh, and the church's unconquerable history is evidence that he is indeed who he claimed to be, that the church has not been wiped out. The church has not been uh, cast aside, uh, that is very prominent still today, and that he did, in fact, build his church upon the proclamation that he is God and he is the son of God. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's the only institution that Jesus ever established, and that's enough to study church history all by itself. Yeah. Well, know? and I think pointing out that one se- the last section of that verse, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it so mm-hmm. often – we we live in a sense of fear, especially the way that the media kind of hypes so much thing. I mean, man, if you watch the news for more than oh, a day or two, I mean, not even a day or two, it is so doom and gloom. It's scary and it, it's fear mongering yeah. and this and that. And it makes you think, man, what's going to happen to the church if, you know, especially with COVID and churches were having to shut their doors and everything else, mm-hmm. oh, the, the church is done for. No, 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 <laughs> no. Nothing can crush the church. The church will not be stopped. You cannot stop it, you know? And Jesus talks about that here in Matthew. So it's Jesus is the one who established and who built this church. It's Jesus who maintains this church, not us. If it was on us, then yeah, we probably would have lost it. As you look through history of the church, oh man, this would have stopped way long ago. Yeah. And there's enough history that like you can't run out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like. I think I think we as a culture too have a very strong inclination to study the history of the church up to where uh, Columbus landed, basically, yeah. and then we study the American church. But there's a whole other section of like you're looking at churches in third world countries. You're looking at the church in China. You're looking at the church in North Korea. You're looking at the church in South America and the church in Australia, and really being able to look at those and be like, hey, God's not just accomplishing his will here, you know, where we're at, he's accomplishing it all around the world. And so many churches around the world have faced things like, uh, you know, you have the church in China, basically like you would never think they would even be able to survive. Like they meet in like underground tunnels sometimes. Like, I mean, but they have, they have, they haven't been wiped out and they, they have prospered in that. Yeah. And then, you know, especially with what's you know, what we are seeing, well, what has already happened in Afghanistan, we Mm -hmm. have a lot of our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan now that are being hunted down uh, and rooted out by the Taliban. And that's nothing new. The persecuted church, I mean, the amount of persecution that is happening throughout the world uh, is, is, it's sad, but it's not like surprising to us because we know this. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us this, but I believe our responsibility as Christians though, is we need to be praying for the persecuted church. Um, you know, I think a great tactic to be is like, especially as a family or as a person, whomever is like find an area in which the persecuted church, uh, there's the voice of martyrs. There's a bunch of different websites out there and pray specifically for an area in which the church is being persecuted at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because mm-hmm. people, 
are – when you've never been to a foreign country and you've never seen kind of the, the anger and the evil that yeah. can happen in the world and that can happen in these locations, it's hard to wrap your mind around it because all you view is what the media has told you to view. But if you look at all of this through the lens of scripture, we can – and using church history to help really bring this clarity, we see that, okay, this is nothing new. This has happened. It doesn't mean that it's okay. It means that God is going to allow the church to go through this for the refinement of the church for his ultimate glory. From our human perspective, we may not be understanding exactly why, but we need to be okay with not understanding the why. And using church history really helps you move through this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I think as I'm talking about this, I think of Polycarp. Uh, Polycarp hmm. uh, was martyred at the age of 81. Uh, and he was before uh, the entire uh, in the Colosseum and the emperor didn't want to martyr him because he was an 80 year old man. But the reason why he was being martyred is that Christians at that time were being called atheists because they only believed in a God and not the pantheon of gods that the Romans believed in. And so Polycarp stood before the Colosseum and all he had to say is, I'm not an atheist. And the emperor would have let him live. But Polycarp instead, knowing what was going to happen, I mean, you, you're not standing in the middle of the Colosseum and not thinking, hmm, if I don't do what they say, I wonder if I'm going to get out. No, you know you're going to die. Yeah. And all he had to say is, I'm not an atheist. But what did he do? He pointed to the whole crowd in the Colosseum and said, you all are atheists. We believe in a one true God. And as you look at church history too, uh, especially within the first to second and third century, mainly the first and second century, Christians were accused of being cannibals because of the Lord's mm -hmm. Supper. They were accused of having these love feasts, which again was completely taken out of context. I mean, you want to talk about the church having to meet in underground tunnels and everything yeah. else. This was happening. And when you look at this, and you look at Polycarp and you look at other, I mean, you, there's so many others too that have gone through this. You look back on that and you're like, man, like that's crazy that that was what they were charging Christians with. But if history repeats itself, right? If we're on a cyclical cycle, it's only a matter of time before, again, we see this come to fruition and we see this stuff happening. But again, it doesn't and shouldn't surprise us. And we always have that question of, should we be bold with our faith? Should we back down from our faith? And you see small little iterations of that in our modern history. I remember, I believe it was Columbine, uh, the, the young lady who was a Christian and the shooters mm -hmm. came in and they knew that she was a Christian and they asked her, do you believe in God with a gun to her face? Yeah. And she said, yes. And they killed her. I mean, that's modern day martyrdom there. And it's not mm -hmm. like looking at the scale of what we saw in the first century, but I mean, it's happening and it yeah. is continuing to happen as we speak in other countries as well. Yes. And we need to be praying for the church and we need to be understanding like what they're going through is for the glory of God, despite our feelings about it. And we look back on church history and that helps give us context for what's happening, why it's happening. Uh, the world is evil. Yeah. You know, and church history helps us. I put guess, that into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. It definitely helps us put that in perspective. And like you said too, America is not the only mm -mm. church out there. I mean, no. the church universal, there are believers everywhere. Yeah. You know. Um, so the curriculum is breaking it down into three or five 500 year periods. Uh, but again, we're not going to be covering exact dates and stuff. So we're going to be covering just the distinct uh, 
periods of church history. So we're going to be looking at the uh, apostolic age, right? The first century. And then we're going to be looking at the patristic period, which is the second through fifth century. The middle ages, that's my favorite. The middle yeah. ages, like the sixth through the 15th century, so much happened. And from an apologetic standpoint, even yeah. like understanding church history, because the opposition studies church history, like people who who don't believe, like they're looking at the church and yeah. the crusades comes up more than anything, middle ages, where it's like you, you guys slaughtered the hundreds of thousands of people Yeah, and understanding that history of the church and being able to come back and be like, well, okay, like. There's a lot of stuff that's true about that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's misinformation about that. Like, let's walk through it. Understanding that and understanding, again, mistakes that were made and stuff going forward is very important from an apologetic standpoint to be able to, to rebuttal that. Well, and in, as you look at that too, I'm so happy you brought that up. As you look at that too, you will see how tradition overtakes scripture. Yes. And that is what led to the Crusades. Yes. And so it's this it's this fine line between scripture and tradition. Mm-hmm. And that's where Roman Catholics take it this way and other Eastern Orthodoxes is yep. tradition is held in a higher weight yep. over scripture when it needs to be scripture over, over tradition. tradition. Scripture helps me translate and view tradition, mm-hmm. not tradition helps me translate and view scripture, which is what Jesus confronted with the Jews. The Paris, yeah. I mean, he yeah. calls them out so often on this is you are looking at your traditions over top of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we'll be looking at the medieval centuries, <clears throat> uh, the 6th through the 15th, uh, which is when I study scripture, when I study theology, I usually study, obviously scripture is always my thing, but mm-hmm. the theologians and the apologists, this is the area in which I study because we mm-hmm. have a, a lot of resources, information from that era. Yes. And then the last bit or the second to last bit we're going to be looking at is the <laughs> Reformation in the modern period. And then we're going to be looking at in the later sections of how does the gospel go forth in America? How does it go forth in the battle for the authority and reliability and infallibility of scripture, mm-hmm. which is truly where the battle is. It, it lies in twofold, the deity of Jesus. And as you look through the church history, you will see that consistently is being fought. Yeah is the deity of Jesus and then also the authority of scripture and God's word. Yep. And so that's what you're going to be learning in our church history um, curriculum. And I think this kind of gives us the the why behind why we're doing that. And uh, yeah, moving forward. But next week, um, Travis and I were talking about this. Next week is going to be a special podcast, with, which you and I have actually talked about doing for some time, but we actually just haven't pulled the trigger on doing it, is next week we're going to be talking about pornography. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be bringing up statistics. We're going to be bringing up uh, some culturally relevant issues and stuff like that. How can we as Christians combat pornography? Why shouldn't we be looking at pornography? And if we are stuck in the sin of pornography, how can we move out of that? Mm-hmm. Um, you just, I think it's just a relevant topic that a lot of people struggle with in this area in cultural time. I mean, it's rampant. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. You can't help but stumble into some form of it or get confronted with it. And so we as Christians need to protect and to frame our minds <clears throat> as to this isn't a gray area. We're like, no, it's okay. You can dabble in it from time to time. No, you need no. to cleanse yourself from that. So yeah. that's what we'll be talking about next week. <clears throat> but I hope to uh, also see if if you listen to this and you like this podcast – um, would you rate us on podcasts? Yeah. Uh, and wherever uh, you listen. Yeah, wherever it is you listen, just 
just hit a star or whatever it is, write up a little thing if you want to. Um, that helps us uh, know that we're doing something that is worthy for you guys, that you're actually learning and gaining info from this. And then also it helps expose this podcast to other individuals who may want to learn and listen from this as well. Yeah. And and just a side note, and this is very important. If you thought a polycarp was a fish, <laughs> you uh, you need to call your best friend right now and say, dude, I thought I was, I thought a polycarp was a fish. Until I listen to this week's Crossroads at Isla podcast, you need to go listen to it too. So if, if that's what you thought, you call your best friend right now and you tell him, yeah, you need to go listen to this podcast because I thought a polycarp was a fish. Well, actually, as you say that too now, that is also a Pokemon card. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it indeed is. Oh, I forgot Lord. about that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was not what we're talking about. A no. fish or a Pokemon card. No, there are no <clears throat> Pokemon in scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you consider the cherubim. Uh, no, no, no. Or the uh, Leviathan and Job. Leviathan the behemoth. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. Well, very cool. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Crossroads is the premier young adult ministry in the city of Pensacola, and you can find out more at olivebaptist.org slash adults. You can also DM your questions to the Crossroads Instagram at Crossroads at Olive, or find us on Anchor and leave us a voice message. Uh, we hope to see you there, and to see you next time for the Crossroads Podcast.